<laughs> okay. Yes. Lego. Lego. All right. Yep. Man, the two hottest teams in the Warriors and the Suns faced off, the injury bug is spreading, and the Bulls and the Heat are penalized for tampering. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. Happy December. Happy December, guys. John, how you living? Oh, you stole my line. Great. Happy December, too. <laughs> Damn, what a copycat. Sammy, how you living, my friend? Just another day in paradise in December, apparently. <laughs> well, the Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Charlotte Hornets. John, what did you think of this super close game? So it was a really good game. I think, and to keep it short, it was kind of LaMelo Ball's coming out party. He was just balling and I know he's been playing well this year and he played well in his rookie year but he came up with 36 points five rebounds nine assists and Giannis doing Giannis things 40 points 12 rebounds nine assists so just a big time battle between uh current star the former MVP and a up-and-coming star in LaMelo Ball and it was just back and forth LaMelo Ball hit a three-pointer to tie the game and then Giannis just bulldoze down the down the lane and for a layup to win it and the really cool thing i liked about it was that Giannis and lamello actually swapped jerseys at the end and you, it's kind of just a passing of the torch so to speak even though Giannis is still the guy who has the torch and he's probably going to have it for a while but lamello balls <laughs> a, a future star and that you know the nba is in great hands coming from these two guys so it's a great game overall and uh yeah super enjoyable yeah, the Charlotte Hornets are no, no longer that cute team in the East that makes some noise sometimes. I think with this game, it kind of proved to themselves that they actually do belong anyway. The Boston Celtics top the 76ers at home, 88-87. to 87. Sammy, what did you think of this game? 1990s flashbacks with the final in this thing. 88-87. Uh, highest point total for either team was 24. That's what they both scored in the fourth. Philly only shot 37% for the game. Al Horford had a big part of that on Embiid, uh, Embiid being 3 for 17. Boston themselves only shot 42%. The only player who really played pretty well offensively was Tatum. He was 9 for 20, 26 and 16, career high in rebounds. And uh, Embiid acknowledged after the game he's getting back into shape from COVID. And he said it's affecting his conditioning and he needs to get back into form. Only 3 of 17 in this game. He did have 18 rebounds. But this was just a struggle the whole way offensively and just a lot of lockdown defense really close game like you you got the bit of that playoff atmosphere in this game and it does feel like with these two teams it always ends up being close but definitely more of a defensive struggle with just not a lot of flashiness it's kind of a very different look relative to the milwaukee charlotte game job just talked about right and you know joel joel Embiid had a really unusual shooting night um Anyway, the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors, the two best teams allegedly in the NBA based off, the Suns ended up in a win. JJ, what did you think of that game? So I'll speak on behalf of the Golden State side. The one glaring issue that I felt everyone noticed was the center position and how they basically abused Looney, 
Right. Specifically, uh, DeAndre Aiden, who had 24 points, 11 rebounds, and two blocks. But those stats don't really shout out to the to the listener. If you didn't see the game, you wouldn't know how much of an impact he had. So Aiden was all over the boards. He was boxing out people, and it's an issue that the Warriors will hopefully solve with Wiseman. But Wiseman has never been really great on defense. He seems lost in that on that end of the game. And I'm really interested to see how everything's gonna come together, especially when Wiseman and Clay come back. And speaking of which, for Clay coming back, we've all talked about it on our text here, which is Jordan Poole, who came out with 20, 28 points and five rebounds. And this was a really great game to showcase to the world what Jordan Poole could do to an elite defensive team. Right. But he was really cold in the fourth, and the fourth quarter was playoff atmosphere. Super tight game, and I know Simon just mentioned 90s style. This game totally had a 90s style. It was, it's a game that I like to call a beautiful, ugly, ugly basketball game because of the defense, but it was beautiful because here at the clinic, we really appreciate defense. Yeah, I agree with JJ, and I, I'm sure all of us are going to chime in on that game because tonight we're actually putting the Phoenix Suns under the clinic microscope. We want to talk about them a little more. They've had 18 straight wins after their win against uh, the Pistons tonight. They are currently tied for first in the West. Pretty, um, pretty good. You know, they've had recent wins against pretty much everybody. I mean, they beat Golden State, Brooklyn, Dallas twice, the Lakers. I mean, the list goes on for them. Like, is everyone starting to believe in the Phoenix Suns here? Do you guys believe that they are, let's say, the top three teams in the league? One of the top three? They have to be. In the regular season? In the regular season, yes. And before I move into what I'm going to say, I'm going to preface it by saying I'm not a Phoenix hater. I'm not a Chris Paul hater like JJ. (laughs) But I will say this. Right, I am projecting. (laughs) But I don't want to take responsibility, but I will. So I boldly claimed that the Suns were going to win against the Bucks after going two games to O in the finals last year. And I was oh so wrong. And what I've realized, what I should have realized, is that Chris Paul, he just doesn't get it done in the playoffs. And until I see that, it doesn't matter how many wins they have in the regular season. It doesn't matter, to me at least, you know, what they do, what records they break in the regular season. If they don't win a title, it 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 really diminishes any of these accomplishments. And it's the regular season. For, you know, as much as impress as impressive as nineteen straight wins is, they won nineteen tonight. You gotta you gotta get it done when it matters gotta get it done when the games actually count in the playoffs and i won't diminish what they're doing right now but i'll preserve my judgment my praise and admit that i was wrong until i see it in the playoffs so i'll leave it at that i think you have to believe in them on some level i i do understand where john is coming from about the playoffs but the one thing that is underrated sometimes that they have that the teams at the top for whatever reason don't 
is a lot of stability. They brought back basically the same team. They know those guys can play together well. And we've seen them at least get to the finals. And so with the Lakers, who are supposedly a contender, we will see if that comes true or not. We obviously have a lot of moving parts. Even with Golden State, as much as there's a, a sense of consistency, you're still integrating Clay back, and we don't quite know how that's going to look until he's actually back on the court. I am very much a believer in them, but we, we do need to see that. With, with Phoenix, it's already all that's baked in. They, they don't have any of those concerns. And so that's a big part of why I think you have to believe on some level at this point. CP is the biggest wild card of the group, though. Is he going to stay healthy in the playoffs? Is he going to maintain a level of play to get them there, especially against the full-strength Golden State squad? Because last year, this has been talked about by us, by other podcasts, ad nauseum, they got a very lucky run to the finals. I'm the party pooper. Every round, they played a team where a major piece was injured. More than likely, that's not going to happen again. I sincerely hope it doesn't, so we see the best teams play each other. Uh, so that'll be the interesting thing is that the dynamic around is going to change but on that level you have to believe and just because this is me I want to toss in some some gambling numbers for our listeners just to throw some stuff out there Uh, odds wise right now they're minus 110 to win the division they're actually a slight favorite over Golden State there plus 400 to win the West my personal thought process on this is if you believe Golden State and Phoenix are the top two teams in the West which I would think we all probably do at least right now Betting the division is not good value. There's no point because it's Golden State and Phoenix battling each other for way worse odds. If you're going to bet them to win a division, to me, you might as well bet them to win the conference and get the 4-1 to one on your money rather than totally. betting even money. It's it's better odds. It's better payout. They're plus 1,100 to win the title. Uh, sleeper play would be Mikal Bridges at plus 1,500 to win Defensive Player of the Year. He's right now fourth or fifth in line on that. Is he most likely to win? No, but that's why you're getting 15 to 1 in your money, so the value is good there. So just wanted to toss that in as well. Can I jump one uh, one more thing before you, I t- turn it over to you guys, JJ and June? So one thing you mentioned, Sammy, was that they had the luckiest run to the finals last year, which I completely 100% agree with. But my concern is that they didn't even capitalize on it. And that is my main concern with the Phoenix Suns. They, they don't capitalize on those opportunities that they're given. So Good point. But the difference with... The different situation with the Suns is that they're coming from a finals run and they don't have that finals hangover, which I like. They have a really strong defensive presence with their perimeter players. You have Bridges, which, you know, Sammy just mentioned is a defensive player of the year candidate. He's actually second on my list behind Draymond Green. Um, you have Jake Crowder, who could guard any position one through four. And then you even have. Uh, now I'm not even going to mention Shamit, so sorry. <laughs> I know John's going to wants to say something. I, I'll, it, just, I'll just correct. I'll, I'll, I'll just set up. No, I was just going to correct you and say it's actually Shamit, not Shamit. <laughs> Sham can't. You know, they're... Anyways. And they have an underrated signing by far that people are not really looking at is JaVale McGee. JaVale Just a really big body. <laughs> JaVale McGee providing some offensive, uh, you know, uh, productivity. He has energy. He could read the floor and basically be trailer for dunks, off screen, uh, pick and rolls and such. And Devin Booker 
we have to see how Devin Booker is, is going to play this upcoming playoff. So they do have hopes, but just like what John and Sammy both said, uh, proving the playoffs, that's when it counts. Everyone is not even putting Utah down as a contender. It's because they haven't put they haven't proven in the playoffs. You have to apply the same logic to the Suns. Mm, if I can just chime in on one more thing here, historically, data-wise, in terms of offensive and defensive rating, we've shown over the years that usually the teams that win the title are at least top ten in both. Uh, last year they were seventh in O rating, sixth in D rating. This year more of the same. Offensive rating they're sixth again. Defensive rating they're actually second. The only team they're behind is the Warriors. So the numbers are there, and I was just looking at contracts too to see if they had any trades to make. But if you really look at the way the roster is constructed, they don't really need to. They've got the shooting between Bridges, Booker, CP can shoot it, obviously. Shamit, Cam Johnson. They've got size between Aiden McGee and even Frank Kaminsky as like a third string, second string guy if one of those guys misses a couple games. There's not a lot of pieces missing. Backup point guard, there's Campaign and Alfred Payton's on this team. He ended up here, so... This is a really well-constructed roster, and looking in the future, I was just looking at their contracts. They're set up where if this thing with Aiton doesn't work out for some reason, which we've talked about, I think a couple of us thought it would, they could pretty much reboot this whole team in two years, because after 23-24, Chris Paul's contract, which was questioned by people, the last year is non-guaranteed. Uh, Bridges is obviously signed long-term, which is a good thing. Booker's contract is up in 23. You assume they're going to obviously make a run to re-sign him. Shamit's contract, which I thought was a little ridiculous at the time, is actually non-guaranteed the following year itself. They pretty much have no one on the roster after 23, except for Bridges and a couple of non-guaranteed options. So the way they've built out the flexibility, you got to give James Jones credit. They, he's really set the team up well. For not just now, but for five years out. That is correct. Right. I'm going to completely agree with you. The thing about last year is that, you know, JJ mentioned JaVale McGee. The guy that used to be in the JaVale McGee spot actually got hurt in the playoffs with Dario Saric. And, you know, they found him as a small ball five in that backup role. And, you know, that's actually the thing that made them take off last year. That made them more of a cohesive unit it was trying to find that last five position and now they have two people that could fill out that second position in JaVale McGee and Dario Saric and now Frank Kaminsky is also developing well so everything is looking on the up for the Phoenix Suns I also want to mention you know you mentioned defensive rating and offensive rating they took a big leap in pace they are actually possessing the ball more often this year and still holding great offensive number great defensive numbers they are fourth in pace last year they were 24th and thus far they've had the most difficult schedule they have the eighth most difficult schedule like overall like throughout the year but they've had the first most difficult schedule to date when we're talking about win percentages of the teams that they've currently faced the suns are definitely on a trend up and the thing that I want to say is, if their comparison is the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors actually have some things to worry about on their roster as well. I mean, how important is Iguodala's health? How important is Damian Lee's health, who also has back issues? How important are these wing spots when all of a sudden you gotta play Chris Chorizo, Chris Chiozo, whatever, however you pronounce his name, important minutes. Sure in these games 
Well, let me counter that by saying that the Warriors arguably have the most depth out of all the teams. They do. Especially in the wing position. The part that we worried about, though, is that where were they? Where were they the last game? They were injured. And for some reason, we inexplicably didn't play Moody, Kaminga. We have to hope that their development gets further along because I can't trust those minutes that, you know, some of those players are getting. I guess we'll just have to see, but you're, you're right, JJ. We, the, the Warriors are definitely deep. It all depends on health, right? But the Suns, they look like they're rolling right now. And the healthy part they have to worry about is whatever this Devin Booker thing is going to turn out to be. It looks like it's a minor injury, minor hamstring, right? Right, yeah. It should, uh, right now, current talk is a couple games, and they're just being very, very cautious. But hamstring, soft tissue, you you want to see him back on the court, of course. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to take us off. I'm taking us off to the next topic here. Hold up. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with Promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The NBA is going to make Chicago and Miami forfeit their next available second round draft picks. They were accused of tampering around the Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry sign-in trades. So they're going to lose their second round draft pick. What do you guys think of this? I'm going to use an analogy, and I, I know it's not the same level of severity. It's just for to give people an idea of kind of how ridiculous this is. So the looting and the shoplifting that's going on in California, San Francisco, I think is it's prevalent there and people their, their their punishment is they're getting a misdemeanor and they're just getting released and if that's your punishment for shoplifting why wouldn't you do it again excuse in this, in this instance, me they're getting a second round draft pick taken away who cares that's who cares <laughs> i mean how many great draft picks have, have teams gotten draymond green is probably the one i can think of on top of my mind but i'm sure there are others but very rarely are these guys are amazing talent, superstar talent coming out of the second round. And Chicago and Miami right. both got great pieces on their teams to help on a championship run. So the I'm sorry for saying this, but the the risk that they took tampering, the the they made out like bandits. And the NBA needs to do much better job. Adam Silver, if you're listening, probably not. But if you are listening. You need to, I think yeah, listens. I think he listens. You definitely need to up your punishment. This is not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's second round picks? That doesn't really mean anything when the success rate for second round picks in the NBA is really not that high, right? To be quite frank. 
and why not why not tamper if that if that ha makes me have a better probability of signing the player that I want then I'm going to do it especially for free agency so I don't know what else to add on to John which is you know don't lose <laughs> yeah I, I think that's basically all we need to say on this topic here um, that's not very big of a punishment we could all expect it, these these things needs to, to be happen. first round picks period because we know tampering has yeah. been going on we know this has gone on forever those are signed in trades and they were basically done at 1201 or whatever the first minute was and you can't pull sign a trade before that so if it's first round picks maybe we'd see some sort of actual repercussions where teams would be uh, a little more reluctant to do it only other thing i'll say is just because i thought of this the one other second round pick i could think of off the top of my head is Jokic. just gonna throw that out there but it only took about 50 years to find a second round mvp so i'll leave it at that. Hey, hey, hey. i will say that um last year's picks looks like uh the second round pick for the bulls was josh christopher the heat didn't have any i think you know they would trade Christopher for Ball or Lowry anytime, <laughs> any day. I'm going to move on to the next topic. The injury bug is absolutely spreading. Damian Lillard is out with an abdominal strain. Bam Adebayo is going to have thumb surgery. Devin Booker, like we said earlier, is out with a hamstring. Zion has uh, had a setback in his injury recovery. Uh, Brooke Lopez uh, is, gonna go un uh, is going to go undergo back surgery. There's no timetable for his return. I wanted to ask you guys, which of these players um, is going to affect the loss column the most? What do you guys think? Well, I think uh, the the one that we've seen already, based on how they played the last week, is Miami with Bam Adebayo, who is already renowned as a great player, but I think it's going to bring into light how truly valuable he is to that team, because that injury looks like it's going to be four to six weeks. They have some size behind him, but they really don't have that much. And he's a perfect complement for Butler and the way they play. Him being gone, it's going to hurt them. And we've already seen the result. They've already lost a couple games in a row here. I think they lost to Cleveland last night. Whereas Cleveland's major asset is size and not having Bam there already hit them hard. So that's the big one for me. I think Brooke Lopez being hurt is underrated as to how important he is to Milwaukee as well. And that was probably more of an impetus to assign Cousins than we realized. And maybe the fact that Cousins signed there says that no timetable. We all know how serious back surgery is. We talked about it with Porter last episode. Hopefully he's back sometime soon, but no timetable scares me with, with how important he was to them last year. There is no bathroom. I'm going to ask the next question here. Which player's injury will have the greatest impact on their team's season outlook? Game on! Yeah, game on! I feel that with Zion and this whole mystery about his injury, and not only just the injury, but his weight gain, you start to wonder if the Pelicans would actually pull the trigger on a trade just because he's been unhappy, he hasn't been playing and it's not just the interest to weight gain too like you're you're a professional athlete you have one job and that's to be fit and conditioned to play in an NBA game so when he does come back which we have no idea when that'll be not only will he have to lose weight 
he has to get back into basketball shape. Right. When he should already be in shape already. Do you see a chance that they could shut him down for the whole year? At this point. I mean, Man. I don't know why they wouldn't. I would, uh, I would tank yeah, at this point, Yeah, I would 100% point, right? keep him out because the Pelicans, what, have six wins? And they do get to keep their pick for next year if it's within 1 in 14, which most likely it's going to be. So to rush him back when he's not ready and he hasn't played in a while, he's overweight, and he might add some wins to a team that's definitely not going to make the playoffs. It really doesn't make much sense. Keep Wait till he's ready, he's healthy, and either keep him on the team, play him, or you showcase him so that you can trade him. But now, right now, no, it doesn't make sense. Well, I'm going to throw in a little curveball here. I know we, we talked about a few players here that are, that are going to be missing from their team. Shams. Sam, Shams just released something saying that Kyrie Irving is nowhere closer to getting the vaccine and is not going to play basketball unless he gets traded. So I know most of us were like holding our breath for maybe Kyrie will come back. Kyrie's, they're just holding on, right? Hold up. What do the Nets do now? Now that this news has come out. Quietly shop him and figure out a way to get someone back that's going to help you because you're all in. And as you suggested last episode, there's a gentleman down in Houston who apparently wants to play, but his team doesn't want to let him play. Talent-wise, does Kyrie Irving... Yeah, I think that was JJ. Oh, that was J. Uh, does Kyrie Irving for John Wall make sense on a pure talent-for-talent talent trade? Probably not. Not at this point. Hell no! But... John Wall has something that Kyrie does not in New York right now, which is availability. As far as we know, John Wall is vaccinated and can play. And right now, that is more important than Kyrie's talent because that'll get him on the court. I agree with that. It's just what you said. But to shop him quietly is so difficult with Kevin Durant on the team because you know how Kevin and Kyrie, how, how close they are. So I, I just think that's impossible. And we've seen with Kevin Durant in the Warriors, when he feels that management has crossed him or did him dirty, we know how he reacts. So the Nets are, I don't know how they're going to handle this, but they're going to have to be creative. Let's put it that way. Do you think Durant would not give his blessing at this point? Because he's got to be frustrated on some level too, though. Maybe. Maybe it's just having that that talk with him, that candid talk. Yeah. But I agree with you there. They they can't do I it mean, without, without Durant's okay. They have to. He has to sign off on it before they do it. But I would just wonder. He's got to. He's carrying that team at this point. So I, I would wonder if he would be okay with it. Hit. He went to the Nets to start or to build on his legacy. And without Kyrie Irving and the utilization of that money that they could pay other players, I would think, even though that's his homie, he needs talent next to him because he's getting a lot of grief from the media and he hates the media. And we all know that on his burner account, he's responding to <laughs> not just the media, but right. the 12-year-old kids out yeah. there. And... The Nets, even they've been open about Kyrie coming back if New York makes changes for its vaccine mandate. But what just hit the news last week? The Omicron right. variant. This has to stop. I don't think 
this whole pandemic situation is going to get any better. And Kyrie doesn't seem like he's going to get the vaccine. So what do the Nets do now? June, what do they do? You know, what's left? (laughs) They got to trade him. And just on the wall thing, sorry, can I just chime in one? Sorry, one more thing. On the wall front, just so that it's understood why it makes sense for Houston to do that. Because if you're looking at it on its face, it's like, why is Houston going to trade for a point guard when they're trying to tank? It's not a The big reason why is because Kyrie's under a player option. He's clearly going to decline it because someone's going to give him the max, no matter how much grief he puts them through. And so for Houston, if they make this trade, it's going to save them about $50 million. So that's why they make this trade. They're going to make it. And if they if it was offered to them and then they would just stick Kyrie the way they sat wall, they'd be in the same exact position with a lot more money. So I just wanted to put that out there because otherwise it doesn't necessarily make sense. You know, I'm going to move up, move on to the next topic here. We, we actually, if you guys joined us last week, maybe that was two weeks ago, we were trying to predict games here. Me and Sammy... On predictions, we're three and one. John is two and two. JJ is one and three. So me and Sammy Wait, are on. Hold the up, lead. yes, hold yes, up, sir. because one of the games, the two teams played twice within the same week, and I was right for one of the predictions <laughs> for one of the games. So you're wrong, you're wrong, and you're wrong. <laughs> I think for J- sorry, JJ, JJ gets gets point one for one of those games there. So JJ's at one point one now. The, the two games we're gonna we're gonna discuss here we're gonna we're gonna keep it cu- uh, fun between us. So of course we have to do Phoenix at Golden State. So quickly, Sammy, who you taking? Gotta take Golden State there. Uh, the line is way bigger than I thought it would be. It's six and a half. So clearly, the betting public thinks Golden State's gonna bounce back in a big way. Booker is out, which is of course affecting that line. Uh, so I like Golden State on the gambling point. This is what I call a run like hell and do not bet this game. Just watch it and enjoy it. Gotcha. <laughs> JJ. I'm going to say Warriors. The last game, Curry was 4 for 21. Yeah. One of his worst games to date. And I don't see that happening again. Yeah. So, Warriors. And they were. it was a close game still with him playing poorly. Absolutely, John. I'm going with the Suns. I think they're rolling. And I oh, get this guy. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think they're going. Well. Part of it is I just wanted to see two of your reaction. I'm, I'm honestly not really convicted in my pick, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm going to go with the Suns. John is going for the Suns there. I'm, I'm of course, going to pick the Warriors. Now we have to go Clippers at Lakers. John, who are you picking? Oh, man. This, is, this, is, this game is going to be a bloodbath. Ugly. Ugly. But it's going to be a bloodbath. Lakers by... How much did the Grizzlies win by tonight? 73. 73? Yeah. All right, Lakers by 72 then. <laughs> Just one under from tying the record. Oh, you don't you don't have them taking the record? No, no, no. That's You want them to have second I'm place? Not, I'm not that I'm not that proud. I'm not that I don't have that much pride. Gotcha. <laughs> it's only 72 points. <laughs> as much as I appreciate John's hard-hitting analysis on this game. Um To me, this game comes down to the Lakers' absolutely horrendous defense against the recently absolutely horrendous offense of the Clippers. So it's the movable object against the resistible force, if you will. Uh, I I will take the Clippers by 71 because I'm a little more moderate than John. Blouses. Uh, Okay. 
on, on the betting front, the like line it. just got released in this game. It's Lakers minus one. I wouldn't touch this game either. Big news that we didn't discuss either is LeBron was put in the health protocols a few days ago and was probably brought back out of them today and will be playing in this game. So after his something fishy is going on tweet, you wonder if he's going to come out with a vengeance or not. Paul George rested last game against Sacramento, and the Clippers promptly got hammered. So it could be a bounce-back game for both teams. I have no idea what to expect, realistically. The whistleblower is Kawhi. I'm sure Kawhi told Adam Silver that LeBron was hanging out with people that were not vaccinated. Then we need to keep him out for another 10 games. Who are you taking to this of game? Course, of course LeBron's playing. If, Le- if LeBron had leprosy, the NBA would let him play. They would not let him sit out. Shots fired. So, I'm, no, I'm not going to pick Lakers. Oh. I'm going to have Clippers. That's only, that's only, be, too early. That's only because party, I by the way. Picked, that's because I picked the Suns against the Warriors. That's why. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make this split here. I'm going to make this split. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Lakers. I'm picking the Lakers on this one. Anyway, that's all we have for tonight's pod. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, I appreciate my boys here. What up, everybody? Clinic, we love you all. Appreciate you too, man. John, I'm, thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling good, feeling great. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Sammy, thank you for being on. Thank you, man. everyone. Have a great weekend. And of course, I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.